0: Living La Vida Loca. Good song. Should go all the way out. But let's finish off with chatting. Oh, let's talk to Mo Ali now. Uh, This is a feature that we came up with where we just talk to a sports journalist. Not necessarily about sport, but about them. But Mo Ali, he's football. He loves African football. So how can we not talk about African football? But let's see if we can steer clear of that. Mo Ali, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, John Gerica. We're doing Pilots versus Chiefs this afternoon. It's 2-0 after 25 (laughs) minutes.
0: It, it'll end in a one-all drama, Ali. <laughs>
1: How are yeah, you? Yeah. It,
0: it's actually evening. It's gone seven o'clock already. The sun, but it's still light outside, which is
1: good. There's light in Cape Town as well. Lovely. Another yes. lovely day in the Cape. Beautiful. And the beaches were full. So no no complaints down here.
0: I'm, I'm not even talking to you anymore. I don't think I'm your friend. <laughs>
1: Thank it's you cool. very much. Good to chat to you down. All <laughs> good. <laughs>
0: Well we haven't spoken for for a couple of years since since that afternoon show stopped and you were doing live commentary for us. What are you up to these days?
1: Well, I'm I'm still doing quite a bit of work for the BBC World Service. Uh, I've been covering the chess cricket and all the uh, dramas around the cricket administration in the country. I've been doing uh, you know all the dramas in Cape Town with the funeral of Archbishop Tutu, the Zondo report. Uh, you name it, you know. I've been I've been doing that and I've been. I'm actually busy with a book on the history of city and suburban rugby football union, which uh, was a union that started in 1898 and went through to 92 with unity. Nearly finished with that, and that's uh, been a very, very interesting exercise as well. So, yeah, keeping busy and keeping out of trouble.
0: Let's start at the beginning, Mo Ali. Tell us about uh, a young 13-year-old Mo Ali. What did he want to be when he grew up?
1: I actually wanted to be a, a reporter. I was crazy about newspapers. I was always reading newspapers. You know, we had, uh, I had four, three brothers and two sisters. My sisters actually had four brothers. I only had three. And um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was, I mean, I was crazy about sports since a young age. I actually was born in Claremont, very close to Newland rugby and football and uh, cricket grounds. So you could not be not be interested in sport if you lived that close to to Newland cricket and, and rugby stadiums. And, uh, yeah, I I grew up, uh, you know, in those days we didn't have uh, satellite TV where you could watch the English Premiership or the Ashes series or whatever you see on TV these days. So I actually grew up listening to the BBC World Service on a Saturday afternoon, climbed up onto the roof, put up an aerial so that my shortwave reception could be better. And uh, yeah, that's how I spent my uh, my uh, Saturday afternoons. Right? If I wasn't at sports venues or playing in the morning, I played a bit of football, played a bit of cricket, and uh, yeah, that's that's how it all began.
0: Were you always going to be a sports journalist first?
1: I, I would imagine so. You know, I I, I was at university uh, in the early nineteen eighties, and I don't know if you remember Capital Radio. Yeah. They came along uh, in. The, they started in '79. I I started doing reports for them from Cape Town in the early '80s as a university student. And it was actually the first radio station in South Africa to have a Sunday afternoon sports program. And I was oh. I, I reported there. They had. Um, yeah, can you believe it? Eh? Barry Lambert <laughs> was still in charge then. You you put that
0: into perspective. We weren't allowed to watch Formula One because it was a sport on a Sunday, and that was banned. And uh,
1: exactly, there was there was no sport on
0: TV back in those days.
1: And yeah, I mean, you know, it was just phenomenal (laughs) to get all your sports results on a Sunday evening on on Capital Radio. Of course, they had a sports program on a a Saturday afternoon as well, Mm. and uh, it was just brilliant, you know. And and that's how I started my my sports reporting. In fact, uh, we had football in Cape Town on a Friday evening, and I was reporting there. 10 o'clock news when the games were done, so you would get your results first on Capital Radio before you could get it the next morning on SAFM Sport. Mm-hmm. Remember, <laughs> SAFM Sport had a, 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 a radio uh, uh, sports program at about half past eight or something on a Saturday morning where you could get the results of the previous evening. So Capital beat them to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's where it started. And then um, I think it was in the early 90s where I got an opportunity from Dennis O'Donnell. Remember, good old Dennis? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, doing commentary on on uh, football games on the Athlone Stadium. I remember it was Cape Town Spurs versus African Wonders. <laughs> and believe it or not, a guy called Gordon Ederson was still playing on the left wing for <laughs> African Wonders at that time. Right?
0: Was it difficult growing up being a, a, a reporter of colour during those days?
1: Um, not really. Not, not really. Excellent. Not for me. Um, yeah. You know, I, I got access to all the stadiums. I got all, access to all the grounds. Uh, and things were starting to change at that time. Uh, you know, I, 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 for example, we had the NPSL, uh, you know, where nice. had seems like Durban City and Durban United and guys uh, at Chiefs, Cape Town City, Cape Hellenic playing in, in the mixed league at that time, so, uh, you know, it wasn't too difficult. We, we uh, I think the, 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 the walls of apartheid were coming down at that time and, I, I mean, believe it or not, in, in 1970, I watched South Africa playing Australia in the, in the chess match at Newlands, the cricket Test match. Um, <laughs> you know, I was in, in sub 8. Not giving my age away now, but I actually <laughs> ran away from school to go. I actually ran away from school in sub 8 to go and watch that game, and I saw Mike Rossi eating Ashley Maddott for 5 6 and 1 over.
0: Nice. Yeah, one of my fondest memories is being at Newlands and watching Monet Duplessis in his big number eight jersey running down the wing and scoring a try. It's, it's one of those things <laughs> that you'll, I'll never forget this big, huge man running down the wing. It was, should never have been there, but he scored a try, which is great, in the, in the hoops yeah, of Western yeah. Province.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. know, those were those were absolutely fantastic days. Now I, you know, I, if if I if I reflect back now, John, uh, as a kid who didn't have a car, whose mm. father didn't even have a car. How I managed to get to all the various <laughs> sports venues, uh, but but you know, uh, it was actually great. Uh, for example, we didn't live. We lived about, uh, I would imagine, two kilometers away from the Athlone stadium. So on a Monday night, if you know, the football was on a Monday night, you, you could easily walk. That two kilometers sure. uh you know it was so safe you uh, everybody uh, walked it. all the fans walked down uh, the road called the Grezia Road. We walked down to wherever you were, talking about the game. nobody was worried about their safety. uh the <laughs> same when people used to go to Hart to watch get down to Greenfield stadium to watch Olympic. People mm-hmm. would take the train you know and, and walk mm. to the stadium after that and after then after the game, people would safely take the train back again, so no problem there you know and, and the grounds were full to capacity at those, mm-hmm. those at that time.
0: Yeah, my dad tells stories about going to watch a learning at the Green Point, and well, my mom actually tells a story where they would go and watch a match at Green Point Stadium, and and all the dacha smoke would be there, and they'd go home wasted <laughs> because because of all the spectators around them. I go, yeah, yeah, you guys didn't do anything. They go, no, 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 we didn't, we didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean you would have a crowd of thirty thousand, thirty thousand into the sure. game. You know, it was a the Cape Town City, and you know the, the the coverage of the games was so good. You had a station like Radio Good Up giving you half-time scores and the off plus eight news or half plus nine news and mm-hmm. people people who couldn't get into the ground would listen to radio good up to find out what the score was at off time and the full time score. Full houses at, at the Athlone Stadium for the Federation games, full houses at I mean the big games were Cape Town City and uh, Cape Town City and Highlands Park, the, the north south uh, Derby, you know, it was just fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. And I, I always tell people I was privileged to grow up in that area year where you could go to games safely, uh, travel safely, you come home safely, it, it, which is magnificent.
0: How did you become an international reporter, Mo Ali?
1: I, I have been very fortunate uh, in that uh, in 1990, I went on a Thompson Foundation scholarship uh, to the three-month course for senior journalists in Cardiff, uh, Journalists from all parts of the world and Thankfully, I've still, uh, still got good friends in Brazil, in uh, Jamaica, in Pakistan, in Malta, different countries, you know. And uh, one of one of the uh, things that we did on that course was to visit the BBC, visited various news organizations in London and in Ireland, even Northern Ireland. Very lucky to go to Northern Ireland at that time. And uh, I, one of our, our visits was to the BBC, and uh, yeah, they didn't have anybody in, in uh, South Africa, in Cape Town specifically, and I said, well, well, you know, just, they said, why not give it a try, and yeah. In <laughs> 1994, I was fortunate enough to, to, to be invited back there, and spent a year working at Bush House, which was just phenomenal, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I, I'd hardly been there for two weeks, and I was part of the team to go to Tunisia to cover the Africa Cup of Nations. Sure. A guy called Bobby Charlton was part of our commentary team. Uh, Pele was there. And uh, at that time, we still were not back in the Africa Cup of Nations or international football in uh-huh. a big way because we didn't qualify. You know, those were the years of 4 by 4 when we lost 4 0 to Nigeria, 4 0 to Zimbabwe. <laughs> we were good enough to qualify. And uh, yeah, it was just fantastic to, to be at that Nations Cup in Tunisia. Only 12 teams at that stage. We've got 24 now. So. And uh, I, I was just fortunate enough to go to the next seven Nations Cups, you know, in. What was it, 96 was here in South Africa, 98, Burkina Faso, 2000, Mali, 2000, mm-hmm. uh, 2000, Ghana, Nigeria, 2002, Mali, 2004, back in Tunisia, 06, Egypt, 08, Ghana. So, yeah, it was just uh, fantastic. And the
0: politics stuff that you're writing, I see you're writing a couple of interesting politics stories. Is that just, uh, the Afrikaans were an off stumbling? is that just a, an offshoot of being a BBC Africa reporter?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, I've always been interested in anything and everything, whether really. it's arts, theatre, mm. culture, music, the works, you know, and uh, I always tell them I'm, I'm your utility player, I'm your N'Golo country down in <laughs> so fortunately they're able to, 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 to uh, bank on me whenever they need something, and mm. uh, yeah. But as as I'm sure you would know, John, as a freelance sports reporter, there's just not enough work to sustain yourself. Uh, So you've got to be able to do other things as well. Because I I don't work, I don't have a stable income. I depend on the freelance work that I do. And uh, fortunately, I'm able to to branch out to do other things as well. And that's I've I've actually been going for 25 years, believe it or not. I I quit my job at UCT Public Relations in 1996 to go to the Olympics. Uh, and I uh, haven't looked back since such wood I mean I, I, I was even uh, a, a news reporter for 702 down in Cape Town I covered the news while I was working at New City times I would sneak out and uh, <laughs> deliver a report for uh, Jeremy Mag, who was a better and the news sure. reporter at uh, Radio 702
0: yeah. Moali we've got to wrap it up if there's one interview that you, you look back at that you've saved somewhere that you don't want anybody to delete that you almost want to play at your funeral what's what's that one interview that stands out that you've done?
1: I think uh, Ahmed Kathrada what a man Ahmed oh, no. Kathrada you know was a phenomenal person very humble person and uh, I remember doing an interview with him and, and that was actually when I was gathering material for the BBC for Nelson Mandela's obituary they had planned years in their head already so when the day came they had all the interviews mm-hmm. and uh, what a humble man you know and he would never say he had the status that he had and I wish the current politicians could learn from that man. So really, 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 um, very accommodating with his time and uh, and, and very self. You know, he, he wasn't uh, arrogant like many of the politicians are. He was happy to give you of his time and happy to relate his experience. For example, I mean, one thing that stands out. He was always telling me that you know when they were released from prison. Remember, they went in prison into prison in 1964, and uh, when they got out in the early late 18 early 90s. Uh, You know, they were shocked to see fax machines and cell phones and TVs and those kinds of things. You can imagine the the adjustment that they had to make. And uh, yeah, just a very, very special man. And uh, I think it was part of a very special group of people that we really need in our country right now.
0: Mo, it's been great chatting to you. Good luck to you. And hopefully we'll hear you on the wireless and overseas and everything. And I'm sure you're covering Cup of Nations. Can I ask you who's going to win it?
1: I suggest uh, either Algeria have now been unbeaten in their last 35 games or Senegal have got a very strong team who lost in the last Nations Cup final to Algeria and haven't won a Nations Cup, so maybe it's their time.
0: Okay putting some money on there because you said so <laughs> Mo Ali. thank you very much bbc african service reporter football commentator freelance journalist great chatting to you And as part of our sports journalist uh, update and feature shows you how much work these guys do monday to friday every single day hey mo ali thank you very much